My name is Diana and this is the Family Finance Show, the podcast to help you manage your family's finances better. Every week we share an episode on topics relating to increasing your family's income and managing expenses, controlling your debt and investing for the future. Welcome to the Family Finance Show. Today I'm talking about black tax, or in other words, supporting your relatives financially, with my guest, Olani Sitole. Olani, you grew up in Ladysmith, so you're a fellow KZNer, and you came, yes. after school, you came to Johannesburg to study at WITS, where you qualified as a CA, and you're currently yes. working as an executive at Bidvest. Correct, correct. Yes, that's me. <laughs> Great. Um, and as the first family member in your family to get a university degree, were you and are you currently responsible for supporting your parents or your parents-in-law or any siblings financially? I am. In fact, in fact, um, actually, firstly, they, they first took care of me. So, I mean, if I remember when I was at varsity, um, so my mom would send me a bit of money uh, for pocket money, but that money would have come because my sisters would have given up eating some nice food, going on excursions so that I can go to varsity. So they first took care of me, all of them, including my sisters. But yes, I do take care of them, uh, take care of my siblings and some of my cousins financially. Yes, I do. So that's really what we're talking about today, how we, how we share money amongst our family, we support our relatives. And I know black tax is such a common term here in South Africa and everyone knows what it means, so it's easy to just use it. But I think we should also be responsible for breaking down stereotypes. And um, I think it's across race groups because in my family, for example, yes. both my grandparents were financially dependent on my parents. So they didn't have a pension well, they got the government pension, which, as we all know, is very, very low in South Africa. So, yeah, very difficult to, to make ends meet with that. So both my parents supported and also their, um, their, uh, their brothers and sisters supported both of my grandparents. And they were really happy to do it. Nobody felt in any way that this was a huge burden on them or that they didn't want to do it. Um, they were really happy to do it. But... At the same time, one of their big goals was to say that for my brother and I, we wouldn't have to support them financially. Mm. So um, for them, a big thing was being able to support themselves in their retirement. Yep. So yep. really, we agree that it's the right thing to do to take care of our, our relatives. But um, I'm interested in your insights on how we approach this so it doesn't become such an unbearable burden for us, especially those of us who just finished university going into a first job. It can be such a huge burden to uh, be able to have to be financially responsible for more than just yourself when you're young and just starting out. Look, and, and if you really think about what um, taking care of your relatives, and I, and I like that you, uh, Diana, you started by saying, well, you know, yes, we use it loosely as a black tax, as a, as a slang, but it's actually supporting your relatives and it, it cuts across colors. And, and, and I, think, I think one thing we must understand is that it is quite a, a difficult balance and, and you must accept that. I think we need to start there because what you are trying to do, you are actually trying to bridge a number of gaps. You, you are trying to, to, to solve your background, whether it's poverty or not enough money. So you're trying to flatten that curve if you borrow from uh, the lockdown. So you're trying to flatten that curve, but you're also then trying to make sure that you yourself doesn't become poor. 
But then also, I like what, you, what you've said about your parents, for example, to then say, they wanted to then make sure that you and your brother don't have to carry um, the, 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 the burden, as it were, of, of taking care of them. So you're doing two, th- three things. You are trying to flatten the curve of where you come from to, to, change, to change the narrative, but you're trying to make sure that you don't become poor, but then you're trying to then change the legacy of, of, of your generation and things like that. And you're doing all of this with one income. And I think, I think we, must, we must really understand that. It's, it's one source of income trying to do three things, trying to handle three households, the, the past, the present, and the future. And, and I think that appreciation alone helps you to pace yourself. And I think that's a very important thing that we pace ourselves, understanding that we are trying to do more with less. And, and that's, that's the first thing that's very important, to pace yourself. And I, and I think, I, think, I mean, you're, you're talking about graduates who are coming from university. And, 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 and the thing is, when we have university, we also have um, people from different backgrounds. And I think, I think what democracy has done, it has, it has not only helped us um, a bit of economical and all of that stuff, but it has helped us socially, to socialize with people from different backgrounds. And when we are there at university or even in our first job, we are bumping into each other in, in spaces of consumption when we meet in malls and things like that. But we don't, it's only the iceberg. So we don't see what really builds the person I'm meeting. But we see each other as peers, but we might not be peers in terms of our background. And I think that's very important to understand that, you know, I need to pace myself here. I'm not at the same level as some of my peers. And that's very important. And what that does, it then helps you to make a few decisions about how you approach black tax, to make a few decisions about how you finance your current life, to make a few decisions about the legacy that you're going to make. And, and, and it, I know it sounds like a pie in the sky, but it's so important to, to pace yourself. And that's the first thing that I'll say. Let's stop being hard on ourselves. In fact, I, I, was, I was reading the other day that research says that in South Africa, there's, there's about 43,000 high net worth individuals. So these are people by net asset, it means uh, what they own minus what they owe is, is about 15 million rand. So these are multi-millionaires. And I was interested to realize that the average age of these, of these folks is 57 years. And that, that really told me something that, hang on, here I am as a, as a 30-something, I'm, I'm, I'm already trying to, 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 to live a life of a 57-year-old in terms of, of assets that I'm trying to buy, but I'm also trying to fix what comes from home. And I think we need to be to pace ourselves a little bit more. So that's number one. And then, and then, and then of course, number two, what I really, I really want to say is that even, 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 even our focus on then how do we approach then black text, and that's very important because the question is, then how do you make it not be a burden? Really, really remember, you are only trying to flatten the curve of poverty. Black test is done, or taking care of your relatives, it is done to reduce poverty, not to create new poverty. So you don't want to do it in a way that creates poverty for you while you are trying to fix poverty, or to postpone poverty to the future, where I start doing it with a lot of debt, in other words, messing up the future, and therefore I'm postponing the poverty, I'm transferring it from the past to the future. That's very, very important, that it mustn't create poverty. And how you then do that, and we learned some nice words uh, during lockdown, um, we learned between essentials and non-essentials, and I really, really think we also got an opportunity to realize there are things we can live without and that's and that's really what our approach should be on taking care of our relatives let's keep it to the basics you know you you keep it to the things that people need to survive and remember you'd be surprised that the little that you do 
already flattens the curve it moves the needle of poverty just keeping you to the basics and then leave luxuries for much later or, or for when some of your family members get their own jobs and they can take care of luxuries so if we keep it to the basics we will we, we'll, we'll do it right but also we must also have a start and a finish when it comes to to how we support our relatives and how you're going to do that you want to make sure that you don't create a situation where people eternally depend on you so 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 there are a few things that you do you you send a few people to school um you know because school what it does education gives people a better chance to actually um take care of themselves right so you send a few people to school then you know that once they finish their university and they stand a chance of finding a job or actually creating jobs your your taking care of your relatives had a start and a finish date it wasn't forever you know you you want to help people Yeah exactly I just wanted to to mention I really like the story about your sister so it's sending people to school but also uh, teaching them a skill or starting a business how she became was it an electrician uh, so you you helped her to be able to do that which is really showing that she can become independent it's it's allowing people to become independent of you Absolutely and 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 it's also understanding I mean if you if you look at and if you talk about my sister very quickly if you look at the the way the economy is not everybody is going to find a job even when they have a skill because the economy just don't doesn't have enough jobs so so what we ended up doing with my sister was to say well you know what you are struggling to find a job um she had done a, a course on electricity and I said well you know there's 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 an old man who fixes people's electricity during the weekends he's got a full-time job during the week why don't you tag along um this old man and learn from this old man now I, then i agreed that that's what i will finance i will finance your lunch money your transport money by the time she was done after a few months um she was now starting to get her own clients that she can do during the week and then on the weekend for the complicated things she now hires the old man to come and do those things and 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 those are the things that you do where you say your criteria for what you do for 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 supporting your family must also create some kind of um empowerment and 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 independence and that's very important that we do that yeah so that was just an example yeah and i think it's a perfect example i think it illustrates exactly what you're saying about having a start and end and how you empower people and how they become independent i think that's so important um it's it's really the key to making sure that we flatten the curve of poverty i really like that analogy we we're going to start using it on yeah. the show it's great <laughs> um and then if you have to support your family financially um how do you decide how much to give them i know you you spoke briefly about necessities versus luxuries but how do you come to an amount that seems to be fair I'm not going to marry ourselves to an amount because everybody can afford different things but I think it's more about the principle and and the criteria right and and really what I want to say around that is you know firstly as I said you focus on essentials and the essentials will then tell you how much you should be spending on that but also and I know this is going to sound a little bit elitist you know if if you think about when when companies do CSI project they've got criterias of what do they actually find and i think i think obviously you must use some common sense and not end up being cold hearted but if you were to have a criteria to say for example for example in in, in my in my home for example they know that i'm not going to finance um you know expensive brands and things like that so the criteria for what i actually support is the basic needs and people going to school and getting some skills you know those are the things that 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 I was about so you create a criteria so that you you always make sure that it sticks to to basic needs and things like that and also you want to make sure that 
you also don't burn your money on 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 laziness and bad habits so so you want to make sure that you challenge some of your families to make to make something of their lives whether they they, they get some education they 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 get a skill they start a business so you want to create the criteria that's going to assist that the kind of black test that you have is not burnt by luxuries but it's really sticking to to what you call basic needs but i think the other thing that you want to do is to be honest about what you can afford and i think that's a very important thing because one of the things that causes resentment and almost like a burden if, if we look at your previous question is that is that um we there's some false expectations because i have not been honest to say this is how much i can afford and and really when you do that you are then able to to limit your your what you support your family with with what you can afford and everybody then works around what is available and what is affordable having understood what the criteria is so that's what i will suggest mm. Exactly. Exactly. And it depends on what, what your income is, um, how many people you have to support. There, there's so many factors there. Um, and then obviously, in so, sometimes in our own families, we need to start cutting costs for whatever reason. How do we pass those cost-cutting measures on to the relatives who depend on us for financial support? It's, it's, it's always a, a tough one. And, 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 and I think it, it also has to do with communication. And, and, and exactly, that's why I'm saying, when you say what you can afford, I mean, you take, 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 our, take our country, for example, and it might be like a silly example, but, but if you take our country and, 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 and each year the finance minister will stand in front of us and give us the budget speech. He starts by saying, this is the taxes that, that we'll be able to collect. This is how much we can afford. And therefore, we will allocate this much to that. But he's honest in terms of what can be afforded. And, and if, if, if the economy is tough, he talks about austerity measures that people must apply. And I think a budget speech needs to happen in, in many families where if, if, if I'm starting to, we go through many stages. Maybe I might have started supporting my family before, before I had kids. Once I have kids, those kids must go to school. It's a new expense. We need to have a budget speech where I then say, these are the austerity measures I'm applying in my life. I no longer have a, a rewinding uh, pay TV. So everybody then must also apply those austerity measures. But, but the other thing, the other discussion that needs to happen is, is the other way, obviously, to reduce some of, the, some of the, the burden, as it were, is to actually share some of the costs. You know, you know sometimes you find that somebody in the family has, has, has found a job. We need to have a meeting each time someone's circumstances uh, change so that I'm not alone in this. We are together in this thing. It's very important. You can also share some of your costs with, with the government. I mean, for example, there, there are some grants that are there and you research on those grants and say, while I'm cutting, let's go and apply for this particular grant. While I'm cutting, let's go and apply for this bursary. There's this business grant. There's this. So, so it, it, but it needs a lot of involvement. It needs, it forces families to start talking about money and having more conversations about money than they normally have. More constructive conversations. And I also think you also don't want to be a dictator when you do it. You know, you want to make sure that as you as you as you say that what you are facing, you even get suggestions from them and say, guys, I can no longer afford two thousand rands a month. I can afford one thousand five hundred a month. What do you think you should be prioritizing? So it's no longer an argument that it's going to be one thousand five hundred. If we are now discussing what can we do to cut things, and then you share some of the things you are doing to to do austerity measures and see what people can do, and it removes all resentment and it creates understanding that we are together in this. And I must say, you must accept that 
in every family there's somebody who's trying to take somebody on a guilt trip so so also some tough love is necessary you know it's really it's really necessary and it happens everywhere so there's always that one cousin one sister who say you don't love me <laughs> yes <laughs> Absolutely totally relate to that yeah you know, and I love the I love the example or the analogy of the budget speech I think every family should do that and I totally agree with you as circumstances change yours or somebody else's they start getting a job you start communicating as a family like I really I think that's really fantastic advice for people especially those who who find the burden of um financial responsibility quite hard. Uh, th- these are really good tips for them, you know, just start communicating saying these are my austerity measures. What what can you do? No, it's great. Um and then would you ever recommend taking on debt on be- taking on debt on behalf of others or signing surety for them? I know this is an, a minefield. Say your brother comes to you and says I want to start a business and I need a loan for 500,000 and I need surety. Would you ever recommend that or would you say it's a no-go? quick answer it's it's a no go and and i understand the emotions that are attached to it you know it's it's my cousin and they've been trying all this time but i must i must say this it it it's it's really never a good idea to stand surety for somebody who's been rejected by qualified lenders remember that banks and financial institutions have a whole department that assesses risk and they are trained in this thing and many of us are not trained in that in our personal capacity so if the banks have rejected this person what what criteria are you following to to then accept this person but also remember what i what i started by saying that and 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 you share this when you talk about your parents who say that the, the the other thing we are trying to do is to create a better legacy now if i put somebody i've taken a loan for and they default i'm actually affecting that legacy so 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 i'll really i'll really say stay away from it. but but if you've got some good money and and you can assess some risk but i i really i really don't think you we, we should be doing that you'd have to be prepared to lose it if it's money that you can you lose have to be. it's okay Absolutely. but if you can't afford yeah. to lose it you probably shouldn't do it you rather not do it you really rather not do it and 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 i like that you must then go with the mindset that says this is actually might be a donation where and then you must have some funds that are emergency funds to respond to when that person defaults but if you can really 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 stay as far away as possible to taking loan on behalf of others and standing surety of on behalf of others because it really it means you are assuming risk that qualified financial institutions have refused to assume exactly no exactly yeah and so i mean we've kind of answered this question but maybe um, in a more direct way so do you expect your children to support you financially as you grow up or um will you ensure that they don't feel the financial burden of black tax when they're older oh uh, my poor babies <laughs> you know <laughs> but, but and and logically if 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 i think about the the financial support that i sent to mnambiti in lady smith compared to the cost of life here in the city i mean it would kill my children i mean it's it's, it's not the same uh, cost of living so so i i really don't expect them to support me but but obviously this is not based on hope because hope is not a strategy so there's some active things that i must be doing to ensure that that doesn't happen so but but it has to do with the choices that i make today the sacrifices that i make today so that and 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 how i use my money today how i invest today so that i don't become um a dependent 
on, 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 on my children. It's really the choices that I make today. And it's, and it's very, very important. I want my children, when, they, when, they, when I give them a call and I'm 60-something, they don't wonder how much I'm asking for. They must really be happy to take my calls, you know. But it has to do with the decisions I make um, in terms of getting out of debt, uh, spending less than I earn, li living a frugal life, building up uh, a nest and all those things, living a healthy life so that I don't have to be too sick and it costs too much money to take care of me when I'm older. Those type of things. But it's the sacrifices that we do today that determine what happens in our 60s. And and, and like what I said, when, when I said the average um, high net worth individual is 57, but they only get there because of what they do in their 30s and their 40s. You know, it doesn't happen automatically. So hope is not a strategy. So it's a big no for my children, but it's not based on hope. I love what you say also about how lo how you should think long term. There's no quick wins when it comes to financial freedom. It's it's a long, long process. As you say, in your 40s and your 50s is when you're earning the most that you will ever earn in your life. And that's when people start building up their their assets. So you've got to you've got to start taking the steps now. You can't wait until you're 40, but you've got to have a very long-term view. Yep. So that's yeah, that's great. And then, Olani, thank you so much for all of your brilliant advice um, that you, you've given to our listeners today. But I've got one last question, which I ask all of my guests, and that is, if you had one piece, one piece of financial advice you could pass on to your children, what would that be? I've got hundreds, just one. <laughs> um, it, it would have to be, I would say to my children, they must produce before they consume. And, and, and that is loaded because what it does, it forces them then to think about building assets that generate income and then they live out of that income and not accumulating liabilities. When they think like that, I produce first and then I consume. So even, even when they have peer pressure, because peer pressure and competition is part of life, I've, I've stopped denying it, but it's about what are we competing on? So even for my kids, if they think produce, before you consume, even when they compete, they'll be competing on production, not on consumption. And I think that should cover a lot of things for them just in that uh, little sentence. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it also speaks to how you shouldn't uh, consume more than you produce. So your, your expenses should never be bigger than your income and that you should live within your means, which is, which is definitely something I've, my parents imparted to me. And I think it's a really important one. So thank you so much for your time today, Klorani. I really appreciate it. And thanks for all thank that you, you shared with the listeners. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to stay on the journey to improving your family's financial well-being.